Are we ready? <laughs> I think yes. we're ready. Are we ready to take this seriously? Wait, wait, let me get no. minutes of vocal warm-ups. <laughs> Are we, so we're good? We're good! Welcome, everybody, to Krypton to Alderaan, the podcast that hates sand. That <laughs> one's short and sweet because we got a lot to get through. I'm Joey, and with me is Royce. Hey, podcast! And Robin. Podcast! Woo! <laughs> <laughs> All right. We are, as I've said, Krypton the Alderaan, the podcast that talks about all kinds of nerdy pop culture things, but it's mostly Star Wars, and it really is just mostly Star Wars. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with us, we can be reached at Krypton Alderaan on Twitter and at Krypton to Alderaan at gmail.com. Great job. I did it all right this time. So you don't have to cut it in <laughs> later. It's going to save so much time. Halfway through the show, except now I've now you have to cut this. Right. Which added the time back. It's yeah. a net zero. Sorry, future Royce. <sighs> okay, but before we get into the Star Wars this week, we're uh, going to talk about what we're into. And what I've been into is I just finished it on the way over to the recording studio. Peek behind the curtain, we record in the studio. Big shots. <laughs> uh, I have listened to the audiobook version of Star Wars Ahsoka, written by E.K. Johnston and narrated by the woman who is the voice actor for Ahsoka on the Clone Wars TV show, Ashley Eckstein. Man, I really enjoyed it. It's very good. It takes place... After Order 66, and Ahsoka's trying to find her way in the outer rim of the galaxy, trying to not bring too much attention to herself. She's cut herself off from the Force. All the clones, besides, as far as she knows, besides Rex, betrayed everybody. She thinks everyone's dead. She can't sense any of the other Jedi. So she's dealing with all of that. It has a lot to do with her finding her place in the galaxy post-Order 66. And it's really just a great story. It's written really well. It's great that they got the voice actor who played her on TV to narrate the book. I highly recommend it if you like Star Wars and love Ahsoka, like I do. The end. What do you got, Royce? Me? So I'll keep mine brief in spirit of saving time so we can talk about other stuff. And I'm also going to shamelessly self-promote myself in the process. (laughs) You're going to (laughs) self-promote yourself? Yeah, is that okay? Can I exploit the podcast? You go for it. (laughs) Uh, So two weeks ago, as we're recording this... I did not have a song for my YouTube channel, Royish Good Looks, in which I post, much like this podcast, 95% Star Wars stuff, specifically Star Wars songs. 5% Rick and Morty songs. (laughs) 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 But I didn't have a song last week, and I was definitely like, I don't know if I'm going to have one. And I put one out this morning. It's called Let the Past Die. The song is a banger. Go check it out on my YouTube channel. I didn't think I was going to have a song this Christmas, but Christmas is saved. (laughs) Thank God. (laughs) And now I can get back to real important stuff like actually trying to celebrate Christmas because I haven't finished all my shopping. So that's next on my list to do. And if you're a first-time listener, go out and go and check out uh, last week's episode to hear Royce talk about how he didn't have a song planned. All right. What do you got, Robin? Mine is even shorter and sweeter because (laughs) this week I'm into gingerbread houses. Uh, (laughs) And baking. And baking. I baked like 200 cookies last weekend. And then today I built a teeny tiny gingerbread dog house. And then we have a bigger gingerbread house that will hopefully be done in the next few days. And that's all I got. That was your prototype. And now you're working up to the big 
Because I haven't, I haven't built a gingerbread house in probably at least 10 years. So I was like- A little rusty. They're tricky. <laughs> so I wanted to test it out on the, the tiny version. And now we can build the house and put the dog house next to it and probably never eat them. Adorable. I was wondering when we were going <laughs> to eat them. We can eat them, but I want to build them both first. So We should probably eat them. I've included myself. I think that's fair. Yeah. Two weeks from whenever. Yeah. Also, yeah. Uh, we, <laughs> we, we, were, we were eating your cookies- before recording the podcast and I meant to have one more cookie so I hope that somebody else can talk for a little while because I'm about to have another another one of your cookies. You know me, <laughs> I'm going to do a whole lot of talking. <laughs> Sweet. All right, so back to me. <laughs> this episode, we are going to talk all about episodes five and six of The Mandalorian and we're going to do as best we can to get through those as quickly as possible. We're so going to take we, a big bite. Right, I was supposed episode. to be talking while you ate a cookie. <laughs> uh, we're going to try to get through that quickly so that we could talk about Rise of Skywalker. So here we go. So The Mandalorian, Episode 5, Chapter 5, The Gunslinger, written by, written and directed by Dave Filoni of Star Wars fame. Last week we said he's very Star Wars smart. I said it. It's mm. my. It's a phrase that I came up Trademarked. with. Trademarked. Yeah. We got to put that in a t-shirt. Unfortunately, I still believe that. I really do. He's he's heralded this new age of Star Wars in many ways and very good Star Wars. This episode will be very easy to discuss quickly because nothing really happens and it's definitely the weakest link, in my opinion. I will say I still think it was good, but just a whole lot of nothing happened in it. So let's, uh, let's do, I guess, a brief little recap. Not a whole lot of Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda light, I'd say. Yeah. I mean, as far as him like doing stuff, maybe a whole lot of fan service. Oh, yeah. Otherwise. But I, I'm ready for the fan service rant. You can save that one, man. I, I got your back. I have some theories. <clears throat> I got about, another bite of this cookie, but. <laughs> I have some theories about now how it might not have entirely been fan service as we think, but we'll get into that. Mm. Skipping right along, the Mandalorian has an air fight at the beginning and he, and he has to land on Tatooine to get his ship fixed. Like, that's where he's at, which makes he sense. Was, in, Sorgan must be out in the outer rim, Tatooine's He's in the trying outer rim. to stick to the outer rim to remain sort of undetected, but it just Plausible. happens to be, ta I mean, it's a big galaxy, just happens to be Tatooine. His ship needs repairs and he docks it somewhere and meets this woman, I don't know the actress's name, Peli Motto? Amy, Amy Sedaris. Amy Sedaris? Mm -hmm. Okay. So she really hits it off with Baby Yoda. That's the like the Baby Yoda set. And I really thought he was going to leave Baby Yoda with her. They keep making me think that he's going to leave Baby Yoda somewhere. And, and then in the last two minutes of the episode, something happens and he's like, it's not safe. So he leaves Baby Yoda with her. She's got these annoying pit droids that are just annoying, right? Yeah. I'm right, That's right? part of the fan service stuff. <laughs> they were just there. He doesn't want the droids fixing the ship, so the lady's going to fix the ship without yeah. the droids. He says, fix my ship. I'm going to go do some work. He's and she's like, you got to pay me, dude. And he's like, ah, don't worry about it. Yeah. So he goes to the Moss Eisley Cantina, <laughs> yeah. the exact place. This is, oh man, I just, you can't tell anything that happened in this episode without going on the fan service rant. But he yeah. goes, goes to the bar and meets up with a rookie bounty hunter. Yes, his name is... Who's looking is... for help. Toro, Toro Calican, but I also think that they're sitting in the booth. It's supposed to be the same spot. Yeah, I as believe Han that and they are sitting in the same booth. Whatever. Yeah. Would you go to Tatooine? You get these cool. You yeah. have to. You have to go to that spot. Sure. I mean, I don't know how many cantinas there are on Tatooine. So there's really not that much to go into. This kid wants to get into the bounty hunting guild, so he's taken on this charge. His like first mark is this elite assassin that everyone fears and no one is able to kill. Right. And even the Mandalorian is like, you don't want to go after her, dude. Yeah, so... But he wants into the guild real bad. And then for some reason, the Mandalorian is just cool 
picking up every side story in the video game. This is the problem with this episode and the next one is they've they're not following the Yoda plot line, the baby Yoda plot line. Yeah. He just keeps doing these side missions and he's like, I'll leave baby Yoda with somebody else. He'll be safe and I'll do the one-off missions. And that's what, what you're getting at is like, this was just a one-off side mission, except for the end. So, right. so he helps this bounty hunter try to track down Fennec Shand. Bingo. So they track her down. Then they do a classic like double cross. She convinces the kid to double cross the Mandalorian because right. she knows that the Mandalorian is is a wanted man. Right. Why turn me in? Turn him in. The bounty hunter right. guild he's doesn't got, like him. He's got some kind of bounty. He stole bounty from the guild mm-hmm. and he's worth a lot more than I am. Right. So he shoots... Fennec. The Toro, kid the kid, yeah. shoots Fennec, presumably killed or injured. Right. And he goes after the Mandalorian, unsuccessfully so. Well, he goes to steal Baby Yoda. He's got Baby Yoda. The Mandalorian returns, finds Fennec dead, goes back to his ship, and the kid has Baby Yoda. He's got him hostage. Right. And whatever. I mean, the Mandalorian shoots the kid and saves Baby Yoda. And- One-ups him. Right. They made you worry for a second that Baby Yoda got injured or something there, but obviously that's not the case. Yeah. They do a lot of like, is Baby Yoda okay? Of course he's okay. Yeah, he's Baby Yoda. And then they cut from that scene. Uh, Mandalorian, Yoda are reunited. They're off on their way. Yep. And then they cut back to the desert where Fennec Shand is lying on the ground in the Tatooine desert. Somebody shows up. Somebody with a cape. Now, when I saw that scene, okay, so this is what I want to talk to a little bit. Because obviously starting off, we're like, oh, well, why would they go to Tatooine? This is kind of silly. I'm not really into this. And then that scene happened. And I was like, it's probably Esposito's character, right? I I was thinking it was going to be... Carl Weathers. Yeah, Grief Karga, Carl Weathers' character. For a split second, I was like, it's probably Giancarlo Esposito's character. The guy from... Somebody's hot on Mando's tail. I this wish... guy. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The guy from Breaking Bad. Right. But then I thought, like... And it's another thing that needs to be brought into canon is Boba Fett. Yeah. I, I mean, a lot he's of got... It looks it like him. Mandalorian armor and possibly the cape. Sure. And it's the last place we saw Boba Fett. And it's not canon anymore that he survived the events of Return of the Jedi. They're bringing more and more stuff back into canon I just sort of didn't understand why they would go to Tatooine unless they're going to introduce Boba Fett. Yeah, and he's which looking I think for his be, own bounty. Right. I think it would be a cool thing to do, at least like maybe setting up. They've already talked about season two. Maybe he can be like a big bad of season two, but who knows? I don't know. I didn't think, I thought the episode was mostly like, why would he go to Tatooine? This is like fan service that nobody wants. No. So but do, then you, do unless, you think it's Boba Fett or not? I think it's Boba Fett. I, and I think it's Boba Fett and I would like it to be Boba Fett. Who do you think it is, Robin? I think it's uh, Grief Karga. Yeah. It doesn't really look like Grief Karga from it's, the little bit that we see. They want you to, to be guessing about it. It makes for a really good Twitter conversation. They just left him hanging several episodes ago. So is he ever going to come back? So my immediate assumption was it has to be him because who he, else would it be? Did he wear a cape? I can't remember. If I don't remember. So Giancarlo Esposito, I hope that's how you say his name, something like that. He was on Conan recently and Conan was like, when's your character showing up? And he's like, can't tell you. Nice. He's like, he's going to show up and he's like, is he a good guy or a bad guy though? Because like, you know, baby Yoda, like is he, does he want him for good or evil? Didn't reveal anything. Oh, he's got to be a bad guy. This guy only bad plays guy. bad guys. But he didn't. He didn't uh, yeah. allude to anything. I thought that was very uh, professional. I like and he was that. like, "You just got to see it." Yep. 
Very good. Robin, I want us to bring up at the end of discussing the next episode, the Carl Weathers thing and leaving him sort of just on the hook out there in the galaxy somewhere. I want, let's talk about that again after talking about this next episode. Okay. Because I think there's a way to tie this all in together. I have one more thing before we move on to the next episode. And it's this cookie. I get to talk more. (laughs) Uh, No, so we mentioned the fan service thing. Yeah. And Dave Filoni, Star Wars Smart, I got respect. I haven't seen all Clone Wars or Rebels, and eventually I will, and I'll give respect, but this was fan service central. Pit droids showed up. The mechanic mentioned carbon scoring. Oh, you've been in a blaster fight. She mentioned Womp Rats. Uh, She mentioned Beggar's Canyon. Yeah. And when they were pinned down by Fennec Shand, she's got the high ground. Yes, the high ground. Are you kidding me with this? And then the mechanic is playing Sabacc, I think, with the pit droids. Uh And at some point, they're like, we should just kill Fennec. And the Mandalorian says, she's no good to me dead. Right. Are you kidding me? That's like a dozen things. And that's not including like the fact that they're at Moss Eisley, the cantina, yada, yada, yada. I think... Fennec says Moss Espa at one point, which is where like the Bunta Eve pod race was or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's and pod racings mentioned, I think. Is pod, I think pod racings mentioned. Something like that. The suns are coming up. Oh, the two suns are coming up. I was are like, the huts? The huts. Are the huts brought up? She yeah. worked for the huts. There was a fuck ton <laughs> of fan service. Are you man. mad about it? I'm only mad about it because why did you need to do that? It just didn't seem necessary. The high ground thing, that is 100% fan service. Yeah. Some yep. of the other stuff, like Sabacc, everyone plays solitaire. Or sure. You know, like, there's a lot of fan service, and I don't know why they did it. And really, there's only eight episodes. You don't need a fluff episode. You know what I mean? Like, we've talked about this before, where if you have, especially one of these streaming services shows that are 15 episodes long, you've got one or two fluff episodes that you don't need. I don't, I don't understand why they did it with this one. But something that I think they've done on this show before and that Dave Filoni did all throughout the Clone Wars was incorporate lines of dialogue from the original trilogy. Yeah. Like one liner. I guess it's just what you do. Like that'll live on forever. It's just forever. a little like, e- they've been more like Easter eggs in, in episodes here and there. The high ground thing though, that's, is, that's a meme. Also, it's not, not a well-liked thing. Right, people like, make it's fun not of it. like that's what we think of when we think of Star Wars. It's not that's may the like force a, be with you. A horrible thing that doesn't even make any sense. It's also a song by Royish Good Looks. Check out his YouTube channel. <laughs> um, okay, are we done with that episode? Anybody else got anything uh, to say? Let me scroll through real quick. As soon as Amy Sadara showed up, I was like, uh, I'm Why? out. This Why better be good. She's just pretty much everything she's in. I think she's like, she's pretty funny and she's a good actress, mm-hmm. but pretty much everything she is in, she plays a really annoying and or stupid character. Yeah. So I immediately was like, Oh, so that's what they're doing with this. I found that character pretty annoying in this. Also, that she's, like, never working on the ship. Mm-hmm. He, like, leaves the ship there for her to work on, and she's playing cards or hanging out with Baby Yoda. And Yeah, but she said it was really hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> anyway, you got anything else on your list? Oh, the Dune Sea was also mentioned. There, there was just a lot of, like, location yeah. callbacks, like you said. Speeder bikes. Dewbacks. Tuscan Raiders that speak sign language. I really like, so if if there's something that I could point out that I liked in this episode, there's a couple of things, that but I really cool like that scene. I agree. Where the kid's like just ready to fight them and the Mandalorian's like, stop. Gives them his binoculars. Yeah. They were new. And the yeah. Mando was like, yeah, they were. That was great dialogue. 
I really like that part. I, I think the episode was good. I mean, it was all right. It wasn't. It wasn't a bad episode of television. It was just definitely the at the bottom of the list for this show so far. Side story, when they're leaving off with these cliffhangers that you're like, oh, he's going to come back for his revenge. Grief Karga is going to want to get back and, you know. So he's been on the the run, but no one's caught up to him. It's like kind of, kind of get to the point. There's only eight episodes. Yep. And similar thought is going to echo into episode two. So let's talk about episode two. See, I have a much or less. six, sorry. I really, I'll start by saying I really, really enjoyed this episode. Episode six, The Prisoner. The Prisoner. This episode directed by, do you guys want to figure out how to say this last name? Famiyiwa. Rick F. <laughs> Famiyiwa. Hey, Professor F. Yeah, so I don't know. Rick go Famu. on go on Mr. goddamn F. Wikipedia if you want to know these for real. But Rick F. Rick Famuya. He directed it. Maybe, cons- <laughs> maybe consider a pen name. And Christopher Yost and Rick F. Um, wrote it. So, spoiler alert, I really enjoyed this episode. I thought, I've, well, it certainly got, I think, got it back on track to hmm. what it was before the Gunslinger episode. Interesting. And there are so many recognizable faces in this episode as far as like other, like other actors, well-known TV actors and stuff like that. I like, thought that was a down downside to me. Uh, I've ta- I'll talk about some downsides. I thought Bill Burr was not bad. So let's see. So we've got. So <laughs> let's introduce. Let's introduce the cast. Yeah, we've got the his stars. old partner Ran, who's whatever. He's been in several other things. Is it the beardo, beardo guy? Yeah. The guy he meets. The guy who gives him the job with the long beard introduces him to the yeah. crew. I know him from Sons of Anarchy. Sons of Anarchy. Okay, yeah, that's what I was going to say. We've got Bill Burr, who plays Mayfield. We've got a Devaroian. Do you know what those devil things are called? Hellboy? Yeah. Yeah, so we've got one of those devil things. His name is Hellboy. His name is Berg. Played by Mr. Krabs. Clancy Jones (laughs) or whatever his name is. Yeah. So, okay, (laughs) let's do that. So, Clancy, whatever, he... He's a, he's a voice actor, a pretty well-known voice actor. He also has voice acted for Star Wars before. Hmm. For Dave Filoni in The Clone Wars, he plays Darth Maul's brother, hmm. Savage. We've got the woman who plays the Twi'lek. I'm going to say two things about Did you guys recognize her? She's from Game of Thrones. She looks She plays familiar. the wild... Wildling? The wildling from Game of Thrones huh. that becomes the Stark's, like Brandon Stark's protector woman. Yeah. That's her. Yeah, yeah. Huh. And I think... I think we. I. What do you. What do you guys think? Do you agree? I think we can make a generalization that Twi'leks do not translate well to live action. Like they just look like rubber. Which I guess if if in live action you look like rubber, then that's just what your alien species looks like. But right. I don't. I just don't mm, think oh, that that translates well to live action. I thought uh, both of them looked incredibly stupid. Both Twi'leks. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. didn't think it was. It was I mean, they did. I think they did the best they can without like making it CGI. They gave them like uh, gave little them hats so they could make it look better wherever the Twi'lek ears connected yeah. with their heads, I think. I was like, they're wearing these funny hats. But it was, I was watching that and I was like, so your entire species just wears these tiny little headbands well, or whatever? Yeah, they are in the animated series. And it just, I mean, obviously it's going to look better there because you could do whatever you want with it. But um, that's just a little production thing that I think was weird and very distracting for me while watching it. There is one in the original trilogy though, right? But it's blue, not purple. Yes. In the original trilogy? In, in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Oh, the, the one, of the dancers. one of the dancers. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So very similar, I think, same production quality, I think, because it's just prosthetics, but not super well translated, I think. I don't really like yeah. the Twi'leks. Yeah, that didn't work for me. But anyway, okay, so... And then we've got the droid. 
Zero, who was fine. Um, the new Republic soldier that the Twi'lek kills is played by Matt Lanter, who voiced Anakin Skywalker in the Clone Wars animated TV show. Interesting. So it's cool that they're tapping these resources and keeping keeping these people in the... They're in the family. In Yeah, the Star Wars family. It's something that... They do that they a lot. keep coming seems. back to. Yeah, it's really great because in Rebels, Frank Oz voices Yoda and... Just a lot of people come back to, cool. to do their original stuff. So so you liked the episode. I did. Robin, did you like the episode? I liked the episode, but my biggest critique overall so far just of the series in general is I want less recognizable people. I liked The Force Awakens a lot because other than like, you know, Han Solo and Chewie. And, yeah, everyone was an unknown actor. Yeah, and I, I you go in without a bias, whereas yeah. they're like, oh, Bill Burr's in this episode. And I'm like, oh, great. What the fuck does he do? Right. Yeah. I his, his introduction immediately was comical. Where he's you like, knew he was going to be in the series, right? You're like, oh, so this is how he's getting introduced. Yeah. And I, I forget the exchange. We just watched it this morning. I don't really remember. But there's some exchange where they're like, oh, this is the Mandalorian. He's like, yeah. And I'm also, like, is this a stand-up routine or is this Star Wars? He also like waves when the when Ran introduces him to the... He does like this weird wave. Anyway, I'm, I'd be curious to know how much of his presence was improvised but he said on the h3 podcast that he's never seen star wars he's totally out of the world i mean I, I felt that from his character he did not feel like he was from star wars to me i don't think he did a terrible job no i like some good lines of dialogue also. there were a couple like oh sure that, i guess that's what we're doing or whatever moments when yeah. they're on the prison there were some sinister moments even when they're on the ship where he's talking to the mandalorian and he's like take your helmet off you know it's just sort of very Bully. he did a good job yeah. at playing sinister yeah yeah I his think. initial introduction was weird to me yeah. though yeah because and then they were like he's an imperial sharpshooter and he's like that doesn't mean anything to me and he's like i wasn't a stormtrooper dick <laughs> or he says ass face or something I'm yeah, like, yeah yeah ass face is an insult in the twilight's got those <laughs> <laughs> that, you, but that was like that sounds like you were making fun of him for being a boston guy like oh is his his thing that he's in a gang where they all have boston accents or whatever and that's pretty was much a, what he was. He was the gang leader with the Boston accent. Like, right. And he didn't even try to not be that dude from Boston. He just like was. Yeah, if that was an improvised thing, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, that's a line of dialogue in a serious space opera Western thing. Ass face. Hmm. Great. Yeah. What you get he when you hire Bill him Burr. Nerf herder or something? Like, keep it in the, you know, give me some fan service. Yeah, will yeah, you? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Were you going to say something else about Bill Burr? No, I was just going to say I liked when he's like, I wasn't a stormtrooper. Yeah, yeah. I like that <laughs> That callback. was the best part. But then also that he was a sharpshooter, but he didn't really seem serious to me, though. Bill Burr as a character, like I wanted it to be more of a Rex kind of guy. That's like, I was in the Imperial Army, dude. Conquer the galaxy, you know? The galaxy. Rex wasn't in the Imperial Army. Well, same idea. Like, he, you know <laughs> what watch I mean. the Clone Wars. <sighs> <laughs> No, Rex is cool, though, but like a respectable army commando guy. This is Bill Burr. He more reminded me of like the Rogue One, or not Rogue One, uh, the Solo team where you're like, they're just well, a bunch of jerks. I think it was a little bit of a callback, maybe not a callback directly to that, but yeah, they were not the most competent, not the most trust. They weren't- it was real they incompetent. Weren't, they weren't a team. They were just a hodgepodge of yeah. people that are going to betray each other. Perfect. It wasn't like a military presence, but- what I will say is, well, do we want to go through any of the other characters first? I, w I was going to say some about the Mandalorian. Okay, well, what I will say about the Mandalorian is he was much more competent. I couldn't wait to talk to you guys about this. 
because I thought he was much more competent this episode. Because none of the other characters believed in him this episode. But he was also seemingly, he's also seemingly much more competent in fighting droids than in fighting living things. Sure. Like, regardless of his code, like the flamethrower worked when he was fighting the droids. He's like whipping him back and forth with the... The grappling hook. Yeah, they grapple hooked a couple of times too many in this episode. No, I loved it. We'll get to the end part. Well, the close to end part. I thought he was kick-ass. I thought it was like a kick-ass Mandalorian performance. Like, Yeah, the, there's, there's some good action. They, the New Republic security droids are approaching the crew for the first time. And Bill Burr goes to talk to the Mandalorian. He's like, what are you doing? You're supposed to be this, like... Whatever you're, You're not supposed doing to be anything, really good, and the Mandalorian's gone, and he appears behind the droids. Yeah, he's just like a very competent sort of he's a little bounty bit more hunter, mercenary soldier in this episode, and I thought that was really great. I also liked it when he was beating up those droids and he takes them all out. Yeah, there was also a really cool scene. We're kind of like jumping all over the place, but there was a cool scene where the lights were flashing and he's sneaking up on Bill Burr. It was, mm, it was very like yeah. alien or something, like some kind of like older older sci-fi kind of horror yeah. thing. Lights well, are flashing and he's like inching closer. I, th- I thought that prison looked cool. So the we prison didn't looked give like cool. an overview. They're trying to break a, a, a bad guy out of a Republic right. prison. They're trying to break the Twi'leks brother Quinn out of a new Republic prison ship. Again, the Mandalorian was like, this is too much of a thing. I don't want to do this job. Right. He doesn't want Still that takes much the job. Yeah. What's wrong with this dude? Yoda's on the ship and then they find Yoda well, on okay. the ship. Should we start over? Should we just press no. restart? Because what I wanted to say is for like the first 10 minutes, this was the Where's Baby Yoda show. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, he's just doing this mission. Where's we Baby Yoda? Yoda. Uh, and he needed to do another mission for money. I don't get why he even did this. Well, he needs, yeah, he needs money to fund his running away. I, I guess. That's he's the fuel only the thing. ship and, and stuff. I don't know. It's it was a little bit bit weird. I enjoyed it, like you said. It was an okay episode, but it, again, another. Super I thought it was side a really mission. good episode. But it's they're all side missions so far. I nothing's guess. nothing's linear. But the droid has to pilot the ship because they have to do a maneuver to avoid being picked up by the Republic prison ship. They have to do a special maneuver that only the droid can right. do, which he does, and he lands on like the airlock, and then the droid's like, "I have full control of the ship." meaning the Republic prison ship. Right. But then the Mandalorian has to hook up his TI-83 calculator to the airlock to get it to open. I thought that was a little bit, just a stupid little thing. Like, the droid has control of the ship, but he can't open the airlock. Right. Anyway, they meet a new meet a new Republic soldier, played by the guy who voices Anakin Skywalker. That funny toilet helmet. Yeah. Was the guy Why the do they still wear room? those? Yeah. He's got a little, he's got a tracking beacon. If he presses the button, the Republic's gonna send backup. Right. Mandalorian's like, we're not gonna kill him. Bill Burr's like, we gotta kill him. And then the Twi'lek just kills him, and he had pressed the button. So, fast forwarding... They have to rush because they got 20 minutes before the New Republic shows up. He clicks the button. He clicks the button. They've got 20 minutes before the New Republic shows up. They break Quinn out and they throw the Mandalorian in the jail cell and close it and leave him there. I thought that was another really great scene where the Mandalorian breaks out of the jail cell. He grappling hooks the droid and gets its arm with the little... Funny droid USB key to break out. And then... The Mandalorian takes control of the ship and takes them out one by one by closing them off from each other, closing blast doors and separating them from each other. And, you know... Oh, that's what I was going to say. This episode was a a smash between a prison break heist and uh, it it was Doom meets Five Nights at Freddy's meets Alien. That's what it felt like to me. <laughs> all right. All the readouts that they have of the ship were very like when you got to look at the map in Doom. Yeah. And it's just triangles and stuff. 
Anyway. I thought it was great at him taking control of his ship and separating them. And did you guys predict? I thought that he they wasn't killing them alive. and he was putting them in the prison I, cell. I didn't predict that. I was like, he's just murdering these people because then he shows up at the hideout or whatever. Yeah. The Bespin looking hideout. The guy from Sons of Anarchy with a big beard. Bran. Bran. Ran. Ran. Is like, where's the rest of the guys? And he's like, you don't ask questions. That's the deal, dude. And he's right. like, yeah, you're right. We don't ask questions. But I, then they cut back and everyone's alive and you're like, oh, that's so Mandalorian. I knew he was going to do that for a couple of different reasons. One, because he didn't want to kill anybody except droids. And two, because of the thing Robin was discussing earlier, which is he left, what's Carl Weathers' character's name? Grief Karga. He left Grief Karga and he's been missing. Whereas I've been saying, I think the Mandalorian's going to amass a crew. Mm. I actually think the bad guys, the client and Grief Karga are amassing a crew. And now they have the prisoners that the Mandalorian betrayed in one spot. If they could break into that, then Grief Karga's got a whole slew of bounty hunters or whomever else loyal to the Empire yeah. that could break in. So now the bad guys have this crew. Maybe. They, don't like I the don't Mandalorian, like that crew, though. And Forget they that crew. know he has baby Yoda. Like, there's too much that they know to not bring them back, I think. They had no idea of the deal with baby Yoda. Everybody else seems to have an idea. But the robot, but the droid did. But right. he killed the droid. But anyway, the droid relayed a bit of information to Mayfield before he got shot. Dude, well, but it's anyway, fine, because if they set something up with those guys, we're not going to find out till next season if the pace <laughs> this damn show's going. So, a couple, I also totally called that he was going to put that tracker that he was going to bring it back in that ship yeah because yeah. he's searching the 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 rebel soldier's body at one point i think right they don't well, he really picks show it up you off though. the floor okay yeah he picks it up off the floor backing up a little bit let's talk about the droid hunting baby yoda on the ship because i thought that whole thing was great where it's it cuts a little bit to the mandalorian taking everyone out on the on the prison ship, yeah. but it, but then it goes to the Razor Crest and the droid like trying to find Baby Yoda, and Baby Yoda's like peeking around corners, and like Baby Yoda's right there in the cockpit, and then the droid gets his gun, turns around, Baby Yoda's gun. Yeah, I really like that whole thing. Yes, no. Yeah, I think the best part of the entire episode was where. Uh, yes, let's ba- talk about this. Yeah, let's go there. Baby Yoda's like, I got this. I'm gonna use the Force, and then. Mandalorian comes up behind the droid, shoots the droid and kills him. And Baby Yoda looks at his hand like, did I do that? Yeah, no, I really (laughs) think that that, as much as I hate, as much as I hate to say that that's the best, I really (laughs) think that's the best. Like (laughs) the whole, the whole, that whole sequence, first of all, them making us think for the second time, we're going to get to see Baby Yoda use the force. something crazy. (laughs) And then it looks at its hand after the Mandalorian shoots. The, before we see the Mandalorian, we just see the droid explode. Did his mouth also, also drop at the like, same time? <laughs> maybe. Either way, that's a great, just a really smart... That was a smart, fun scene. Smart. Good use of Baby Yoda and not overusing him. Like, I, I was waiting for Baby Yoda to save the day in, like, the last couple episodes. Yeah. And, and he doesn't save the day, you know? He only did that rhino thing once and it, like, almost killed him or something. No, I thought that was perfect. Especially because watching it, you're like oh my God, he's going to do it again. What's he going to do? And then for like half a second, you're like, holy shit, did he make the droid explode? And then he obviously does the same thing. And then he's like, oh, no, just the Mandalorian's (laughs) here. It's so great. It's just so good. So anyway, that happens. And then he brings Quinn to Ran to get paid. And he gets paid. 
but he hid that tracking beacon on Quinn. And so the New Republic shows up in X-Wings and a couple of things. The three pilots are, the seemingly the leader is Dave Filoni and then Rick F., who wrote and directed this episode, is one of them. And then Deborah Chow really? is the other one, and huh. she's directed the some of these episodes. And she's, yeah. So I thought that was neat. But another thing, they just take out that ship. Like, would the New Republic The Razor just Crest sh- drove by, too, and they're like, no, nah, that guy's cool. Yeah, would they just blow up that ship and, and all the people uh, on That's board? That's how it works. You, you, you hit the beacon, and it's an instant death. <laughs> Like, does that beacon just mean like everything, all is lost, just please come I kill give everyone? Yeah. I thought it was a good episode. It was okay. I The reason I'm not happy with the episode to just be like, oh, I loved it. It was great. Bring me another. I do want another. I don't like that they leave off on these cliffhangers and they're not bringing the full story to fruition and they're just going to save it for one big finale. Maybe this is why they're already doing season two because they are not really going anywhere in the grand scheme of things. Infinite side stories to tell. But that's why I like shows like 24 where it's like this episode, so much stuff happened. You have to see the next one. It picks up immediately where it left off. And from start to finish, the story really changes over the course of a season, but it's so satisfying as as a whole arc they're not picking up where they left off. They're just like, it's a law and order type thing, you know, which is okay. That's obviously what it is. I have not yet come to terms with it because there's only five episodes and yeah. we're just crazy as Star Wars fans. Well, I, what we're what we expect is the linear trajectory, right? right? We want a story, A to B, linear. Where's this Grief Karga? Be, Who's the guy in the cape? What I mean, the hell? I don't think it would be terrible. That's just our expectations and we're, we might not like the way it's playing out because of our expectations being this linear trajectory where I don't think it would, I don't think it is and would necessarily be a bad thing if it was this. Oh, if this was season like 12 and you're like, that's just what they do. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's not bad if it's sort of a different mission each week with sort of maybe an overarching story, but a slowly overarching story. Like this baby Yoda thing's going to come to fruition and then it will be over. Right. But this way, we can milk as much out of it as... And, and okay, let's talk about the end of this episode a little bit where he he's there in the Razor Crest and they're flying away and he takes a little ball off the thing and he hands it to Baby Yoda. He succumbed to the Baby Yoda fever. He says, I told you that was a bad idea. And I loved that part. Right. I now loved that buddies. whole thing. Yeah. Uh, how do you think they got that ball to stick on? You think it's magnets? So Baby Yoda's holding it like I was really down? hoping he was going to levitate it with the force it's a little bit. magnets, bitch. It's from Baking Bad, I think. <laughs> baking Bad? <laughs> baking Bad. That's my new baking show. Oh my show. God. That Netflix would be so- bake- Robin, you got to pitch that. The secret ingredient you gotta in everything you bake is math. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad you made a Breaking Bad reference. That's awesome. So Uh, another reason why I think I was unhappy with this episode, which I brought up before we started recording, but for anyone who's keeping up with Rick and Morty, uh, one of the latest Rick and Morty episodes was a heist episode. And I don't know if there's anything to spoil for you, Joey, but uh, basically Rick is like, heists are stupid. And I think Morty's like, no, heists are cool. 
And he's like, oh, of course they assemble a team and it's all the perfect people. <laughs> and then oh, they double cross each other. And the whole thing's making fun of heists. And we had watched it like a couple days before watching this episode. Definitely impacted how I viewed it. <laughs> because you're like, yeah, they're putting this team together. Some of them don't get along. And then the stuff goes awry. And at the end, everyone's double crossing everyone. Yeah. So in that Rick and Morty episode, it's like, I knew you were going to double cross me. So I double, double, you know. <laughs> It, yep. That's a great episode. And going into this prison break heist on The Mandalorian, I was like, oh, a heist? I was kind of uh, tainted from just having watched that. See, I liked this episode a lot, and I didn't really like that episode of Rick and Morty. Huh. There were, like, aspects that I thought were pretty funny, but overall it was not my favorite so far. Yeah. But I liked the episode of The Mandalorian a lot. Okay, fair enough. So let's do this. I liked... Baby Yoda. <laughs> I liked Baby Yoda. I liked the look of the episode. I like the look of that space station. The Razor Crest cool. looked awesome Razor Crest. when it landed on the hideout or whatever. I like the look of the prison ship. I really, I also really like the look of those security droids. I think a lot of stuff looks good in this episode. Those big fat ones, I told Robin, I was like, that looks like the thing from Doctor Who. Oh, the Dalek. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a little. I also really liked every time they cut to the Mandalorian, his theme played, which is a very Western theme. Very like earth-toned Western theme. And the rest of the episode didn't sound like that, except when they cut to him, which I really liked. So, oh, no, another thing you were saying at the end of last episode, you were like, maybe Baby Yoda got hurt. We thought he might have gotten hurt. But, right. was, but in this one, they straight up drop him on the ground. Yeah. I screamed. I was like, <laughs> how dare you drop him? And it's fine. Like, the Mandalorian didn't even care or has maybe dropped he, him before or whatever. It'd be cool if the Mandalorian was like, I'm going to protect this guy, but I know he can handle himself. Yeah. Well, that seems to be the case because he's just leaving him everywhere. So he's like, I don't know. He took down a mud horn. So, <laughs> but yeah, it just like Bill Burr straight up drops the so, baby Yoda. The, the Mandalorian did immediately kind of scramble and was like, oh shit. And like, he didn't want to make it like, seem like he was really important bunk. though. They were like, he's your pet, right? And he's like, yeah, he's my pet. Yeah. Something like that. They're going to find out. The bad guys are amassing a crew. I thought the good guys would, but now I think the bad guys. I'm pretty certain that the bad guys are. All right, anything else to say about the prison? I don't want Bill Burr to continue. I hope that's the only episode he's in. He. I want all of those characters I to go I don't away. want him to be canon. He didn't work for me. Yeah. If there's one thing about the episode I really want to not have, and I, I like Bill Burr. I think he's funny, but that took me out of it a little bit. I don't really like Bill Burr, but I do think that either way... He's going to die. Like, even if he's part of he's a an, bad guy crew. Yeah, no, nobody. The Mandalorian, character. well, I don't know. Maybe the bad guys will win. In Star Wars, Star Wars is sort of famous for the bad guys winning, right? But I don't know. So we're going to get into this a little bit in our talk about the rise of Skywalker. I'm going through watching the Clone Wars animated show. There's this storyline of Palpatine searching for force-sensitive children. There's a holocron that contains information on force-sensitive on the force-sensitive children that are out in the galaxy, and he wants to find them. And in one of the episodes, he has a few. I don't think by the end of the Clone Wars show that's addressed. It might guess it might be addressed in the new season, and I'm not sure that particular thing is addressed in Rebels. But that holocron also comes up in Jedi Fallen Order, and the Ahsoka book has to do a little bit with Force-sensitive children out in the galaxy. Now the Mandalorian, obviously, 
partially has something to do with force sensitive. This has been an overarching theme yeah. for a long time. Sure. And I hope and would really love that it comes up in Rise of Skywalker in one form or another. I'll get to my theories about Rey, but I guess was she one of these one of the children on the list? It was it used by the emperor somehow? Was he amassing them because he knew his fate? We'll get into it all. My point is the Mandalorian's touching on this. It's been this theme in everything Star Wars and everything Star Wars basically that George Lucas hasn't been a part of. So anyway, got it. That's that. All right. I'd like to thank our sponsor who makes this beer. I'd like to thank Robin for making these cookies. Brought to you by Someone Baking else Bad. Someone else talk for a little while. With Robin Conkoy. The secret ingredient is meth. <laughs> no! <laughs> All right, Rise of Skywalker. Let's talk about theories in two ways. How we think the movie's going to go, and then particular character theories, I think. Mostly Ray, I guess. All right? I want I want Robin to stem this because I feel like she's gonna have the strongest opinion that yeah that will the be the person much with the strongest opinion goes go I literally have zero see already it's strong <laughs> the opinion is strong with her <laughs> I have zero opinions uh, wow right. expectations or theories I try not to think about it like I I hope it's good because it's J J Abrams so I'm assuming it's going to be good but I that's try, an expectation I he's try some, not to get some into stuff. like the theory of it though like i whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen you're just gonna wait to see it unfold yeah like i've heard a lot of theories going around but it's fun it's not my thing so also to <laughs> preface this conversation you have avoided the tv spots minus what you've seen on accident on He's tv pointing to robin yeah correct robin yeah and joey pointing to joey actively actively if avoiding I see if i'm scrolling on my phone on YouTube, and it comes up saying TV spot, I throw my phone into a bucket of water. Yeah. I've had to get, like, six phones. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been, like, when I see they post a new TV spot, I've, I've been binging them constantly because I was using the footage for my new song. It's <clears throat> good looks at YouTube. So I've seen all the TV spots, but I guess we'll try to keep this conversation not TV spotty. For anyone listening, if you've seen the TV spots, you know what I'm talking about. But the trailers and the TV spots are very different in my opinion, tonally speaking and plot point speaking. So I don't know. I, my my opinion's going to be skewed because I feel like I know a little bit more than you guys. Um, back to Robin. No expectations. Just going to see it. Yeah. That's probably the healthiest way to do this at this point, I think. We have eight movies behind us and any other canon that you've uh, consumed over the years. So you could be weighted down by expectation. Mm -hmm. Like, I imagine myself crawling into the movie theater under the weight of my expectation and theories. That's what we did for Last Jedi. And it so did not We all saw Last Jedi out. together. We did. and I had lots of theories for Last Jedi. And Luke, expectations. Luke, the Luke cliffhanger? Are you kidding me? The, the best cliffhanger of all time. It's time for the Jedi to end. The cliffhanger of just oh, Ray meeting Luke. Luke at Force Awakens. Oh, I, I see. Oh my God, you were like dying to see the next scene. They, Brilliant. They and set up so movie, many things. Right, you're you're waiting for so much. So we went in with way too many expectations. After Last Jedi, what happens? We got Solo and you're like, Star Wars, man. So Robin, I'm glad we went to you first because if you want to enjoy life, no pre-existing. It has to be like this. It has to be that. I want to see this happen. You can't do that. It's not going to work out. There was a lot that I wanted to see in Last Jedi, and they pretty much took all of my hopes and dreams, threw them in a toilet, and then lit it on fire as it flushed. So... <laughs> <laughs> I think... 
This is not I'm going, going to, to include go the way that you in think. the breakdown of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to be good because it's J.J. Abrams, and I thought he did a great job with Force Awakens, but I also feel like he has a lot of cleaning up of poo to do after Last Jedi, yeah. so... I don't think any of us went in with expectations for Force Awakens, though, right? You were just excited to see more Star Wars. So that was probably played a big role in why we all enjoy that so much, right? Would you say? Well, yeah. I, I would say there was there were some expectations based on the few trailers. It wasn't like this. It was not what they called a couple of trailers and then all of these TV spots and clips. There was no information. Right. There was also expectation for many going into the prequels and that didn't work out well. So I appreciate your outlook, Robin, but so nothing, no, you don't want to drop a bomb on a theory between Kylo Ray, Palpatine, First Order or the resistance. The only theory I've really heard about because I haven't really cared enough to pay attention. My brother sent me something and then his feedback on it was like, oh my God, if she's a clone. So I guess the theory is that she is a clone of, that's really the only. But you don't care? I don't care. Cool. What are they possibly going to do with Palpatine? He's been dead for like 8,000 years. He's going to play a big role and I think we all realize. So. Well, so didn't we just watch one of the trailers and like towards the end, Ray is like looking up at someone that mm -hmm. has like tubes and shit on their back. Yeah. So that was my first first time I ever noticed that. And I thought, well, I guess maybe if they're trying to say Palpatine's alive, maybe that's him in his little floaty throne chair. Yeah. The it's definitely pal I think it's definitely Palpatine in that scene and that chair could be keeping him alive or it could just be the electronics on the chair. But maybe the force sensitive children that he's been accruing is the re and the reason that maybe he would be after something like baby Yoda has kept him alive. Or if you do watch the Clone Wars and Rebels and sort of any of this ancillary canonical stuff, you really get the feeling maybe they try to display the fact that Palpatine knew like, he really knew everything. He predicted everything, and everyone was set up to play the game exactly the way he wanted it played. And if that's the case, then he might have known that Luke would turn Vader, that Vader would throw him, and that that was all part of his plan, and that's why maybe he needed these four sensitive children, because he knew one day he would need them for that. Uh, they can't be Inquisitors or anything like that, because the timeline doesn't work out. That's literally a line in uh, Return of the Jedi, where he's like, right, everything, everything is going exactly. exactly as I have foreseen. But even if you want, like, specifically going back through the Clone Wars, you're like, oh, he puts Dooku here. Oh, he puts General Grievous here. They're all just... Pawns. It's all, they're pawns, but it's all just... I think it really points out that he, that yes, everything was his design. And if he knew that every, the way everything was going to go, then he knew what Vader was going to do and he had all planned for it. And it's going to culminate in this movie, which I think would be great. I think that is cool. And Palpatine's in it. So if you're not on board with that, get on board with that. Maybe or get out. Maybe write an alternative rock song based on the history of Palpatine. I don't know. <laughs> and I would say he was too dangerous to be left alive. I think so. Roche, good looks on YouTube. <laughs> 
Uh, he's in it. And I'm not really stoked about that because like Robin said, like I wish it was just new stuff. Like Mandalorian's cool when there's uh, new stuff being involved. Palpatine was not in Force Awakens. He was not in Last Jedi. He was not a thought for either of those movies. But, he is now being brought in kind of retroactively, in my opinion. But he was in The Phantom Menace. And he was in Attack of the Clones. And he was in Revenge of the Sith. And he wasn't really so much as And he big was in, in the, the Clone Wars. Sure. <laughs> you are. I'm just saying he's been this. in a lot. And he, like I've said before on this podcast, he was the first. We were introduced yeah. to him way before any other characters. Yeah. It's like you said. So he's obviously a very important thing. They keep calling it the end of the Skywalker saga, but maybe they should call it the end of the Palpatine saga. Maybe huh? it's not the end. Maybe Palpatine is a Skywalker. Just the beginning. Who knows? Maybe Palpatine is uh, Anakin's dad. Yeah. Well, he I was think there's implication that the he is. But Palpatine might have manipulated those midichlorians. Wasn't that a? I think that that's a. That's not how the force works. I think that that's a prevalent theory that Palpatine yeah, yeah. manipulated the midichlorians Probably. to create Anakin yeah, yeah. Skywalker because well, he knew that he needed him. And that's also what he says with Plagueis is where he could even manipulate the midichlorians to create life right. or defy life or, and, or death. He knew he had to become Plagueis' apprentice. He knew he had to learn everything that he knew. He knew he was going to kill him. He knew it would get him into the Senate. He he set everything he's up. He's smart. Yeah, he likes, likes setting My up point the is that he's been, he's been behind the scenes. So like we've discussed on this podcast before, I think it's if he's been behind the scenes for all these other things, then it's okay to think that even though he wasn't, his physical presence was not in The Force Awakens or The Return or the whatever the stupid second one's called, The Last Jedi, uh, <laughs> that he was behind everything, pulling the strings, maybe even manipulating Rey and Kylo's Force I connection. I buy into that, but he wasn't in the movies, so we all know that this is a Band-Aid. Can we know. agree, Can we agree though, for this trilogy, Snoke? Set up in Force Awakens, Snoke murdered in the second one. I don't know. It's very. It's hard for me to believe that someone didn't have the inkling of reintroducing Palpatine in why, this trilogy wait, at some though? point in time. I don't know. You're holding it out for the very end. We'll all see in a few days yeah. about that. I mean, I want as long as it's satisfying and it feels good yeah. in, in the film. Okay. No expectations. Joey clearly. Okay, this is sorry. Yeah, let's this let's is go something, around. This yeah. is something else I wanted to say because we were talking about expectations and when we have them, it doesn't always work out. But listening to books is very easy. And if you want to absorb more Star Wars, hmm. the Ahsoka book is great. And it's so much greater because it is Star Wars that got me thinking it would be cool if they did this. And then the book does that. And that's very good for me. I really enjoy that. But it also does stuff... It just does cool stuff, surprise, like surprise right. stuff. I don't want to say surprisingly because it's all good. It sets up good storylines. It completes those storylines. It's very heartfelt and it's very satisfying. It's very Star Wars satisfying. Uh, just how she even like gets her new lightsabers. It's just all these little things where you just like, that's so cool. That's exactly what I want from Star Wars. So my point is that throughout the book, I had expectations of where the book would go. And then the book went there and satisfied my expectations. So it's possible for good Star Wars to meet or exceed our expectations, which I think is also like The Force Awakens for many exceeded expectations. So I guess I'm saying that it's possible and also that I hope that's what's happening now. Because again, The Last Jedi might have let some of us down a little bit. A lot of people like it, but I do have a lot of expectations and a lot of theories 
for this movie and I want them all to be satisfied or I want it to be done, like you said, in a satisfying way. Listen to that Ahsoka book. Go to your local comic book shop and ask them to order you a book or a CD of the <laughs> of the book. <laughs> a CD? I don't What's know how do books come. So, what do you got? You got theories? Let's talk. Let's talk theories. You got? While I eat this cookie, <laughs> is that going to be a new thing? Uh, man, well, because I've seen these TV spots, so there's stuff I want to say that I can't say now I that I know. Say anything that can't that won't spoil anything. I I avoid stuff like this because there's just too much. Yeah, no, I feel like you don't know what's in the movie, so you don't really know if they've ruined something for you or not. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest mystery for me is this Dark Side Ray thing. I think there's a lot of of Kylo being like. Uh, I'm now in charge of like all the bad guys, but like Ray doesn't want to join me and I kind of wanted her to join with me. And now that Palpatine's introduced, like they're both going to meet Palpatine at some point, maybe. And I don't know how that influences things. There's a line of dialogue where Palpatine says, your coming together will be your undoing. Yeah. And that's great dialogue. Do they team up and then they're, then they're friends? But then there's still uh, Ray and Kylo. And then there's Dark, side Ray though at some point I don't know how she fits in that's the biggest cliffhanger for me that I want to know more about uh, other than that it would just maybe still be Kylo versus Ray but they kind of seem to be like mutually I respect you bro at the end of Last Jedi where they weren't like battling each other but they were like we're gonna go our separate ways you're the bad guy I'm the good guy but like whatever we're done here yeah so I, I don't know as far as like, I don't want anything to happen because I think that would ruin the movie for me. I'm with Robin, I just want to see it unfold. Mm-hmm. But I do want to know about the Dark Side Ray thing because that's the craziest thing. And other than that, I just hope everything is satisfying story-wise, action-wise, no crazy characters, no jokes about the high ground. The only thing I'm worried about is like the last like minute of the movie. Like how do they actually end it? If it's supposed to be the Skywalker saga, I think about the ending of uh, Revenge of the Sith, which wasn't really an ending because it kind of moves into the next film. You know, that was just kind of like filler. Revenge of the Sith? Yeah. Obi-Wan's dropping off Luke with oh, I see. Uh, Owen and Baru on Tatooine, and he's watching over them. There's the sunset. Bail Organa takes Leia, and the Emperor and Darth Vader are looking over the construction of the Death Star. Mm-hmm. And that, that kind of made sense. The end of Return of the Jedi, they're having a party, everyone's clapping, that's kind of funny, but at the time, I guess that just made sense, because the story was over, over, over. Yep. But that's not the world we live in now, there could be more movies. So, I'm really kind of weirded out at how they're going to end the culmination of all nine, because is it really the end, kind of like has been said before? Or, like, are they all partying at the end? Are they all crying at the end? Do the bad guys win? You know, who knows where this leaves off? Yeah. I do know that... One million percent. I'm going to put this out there, and maybe I'm wrong. It would be cool if I'm wrong. The music at the end is going to be building up to this crazy climax because I think they're going to try to leave you off as pumped as you you go into Star Wars Yeah, is with the immediate fanfare. You know, the... It ends kind of similarly in Return of the Jedi, or actually kind of all of them, where it kind of like swells into the ending, you know? Yeah. And they fade out to the credits. They're going to try to leave you on a high note. I don't know how you do that. Because it's the end. That's the hardest thing to do is, is end anything. And J.J. Abrams isn't known for ending things. He's known for starting things. <laughs> ending anything is really freaking hard. Yeah. You know? So good luck with that. I hope it's good. 
Because yep. people only remember two things. The very beginning, the very end. Well, not Rogue us, one, not Rogue us one. big Star Wars fans who nitpick every single scene. This is true. But a lot of the times, ending of Rogue One, Darth Vader, the beginning of Rogue One, that stupid not crawl with the weirdo Rogue One yeah. text. Everybody remembers those things about it. And the middle is like, oh, you remember the part where they go to the Rings of Kafreen? <laughs> You're picking a movie that... I, that's is not that a fair, place they went a fair to? choice. <laughs> but uh, you you remember the beginnings and endings, yep. and it's really easy to have a really strong beginning with like pew, 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 action, fanfare, to have the ending as satisfying, difficult, and I'm nervous for that. So those are my thoughts. I went on some tangents there. No, I think it's fine. But uh, that's all I got for it, and I'm trying not to have the ex- expectations. Had so many for Last Jedi and was very let down. And we had such a long walk back to the hotel where I just hated that movie for that whole walk. And we weren't allowed to talk about it because we all needed drinks first. Yeah, and we did get drinks. I think you and I, Robin, though, were talking about how much we liked that scene with Yoda. Yeah, that was the best part of the movie. Too much of Royce's chagrin. That was probably the only part of the movie that I, I still was don't like, like, hell that yeah. Part. <laughs> uh, this is another thing I wanted to mention. Like, uh, how stuff grows on you over time and you appreciate more stuff. Like this mold here. <laughs> it's been growing on me, man. It's not so bad. Like, at first, kind of stunk. But, you know, some people have turned around on the prequels a nope. little bit. Some people, not nope. every, maybe not everybody. But even with The Last Jedi, putting together this latest uh, music video for my YouTube channel, Royish Good Looks, um, but like sometimes I go back to look at this footage and I'm like, oh, you know what? This is actually like this one little part of the plot is cool and makes the entire thing stomachable, uh-huh. you know, and it grows on you over time. Uh, and it is too early to appreciate The Last Jedi. I mean, especially if you didn't like it, even if you did, though, like you don't even know what it is yet. Star Wars, the original trilogy, 40 years old, so easy to appreciate that. It's just been around. You've grown with it and analyzed it far more than you could analyze any other piece of Star Wars content. Dare me. Dare me. (laughs) Dare me. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I'm going way off track. Someone's got to stop me. No, no, no. Somebody stop me. We should put in a little... The mask. Somebody stop me. (laughs) Oh, I think that's all good, man. You went on the tangent that I would have went on. So it's a good thing I was eating all these cookies over here. Uh, you just have to learn how to appreciate it. Like, so it's impossible. I don't really like The Last Jedi right now. And the last time I tried to watch it, I had to turn it off. So I hope that one day I can appreciate it more because I don't, it's not worth going through life hating everything that you watch and talk about for 90 minutes and have to edit down into a podcast on your Sunday. I think that this will be a good long one. I had the same feelings that you just alluded to about the prequels. And then Lorelai and I watched them. And The Phantom Menace is truly, whatever, I've said it all. And then Attack of the Clones, I fell asleep. And I think it wasn't because like it was boring or I was tired. It was just because my body was like, this is horrible. I'm shutting down. Like (laughs) it's hard to watch those. It's extremely easy to watch a thing. Like, you don't have to do right, to watch anything. You just sit or lay and keep your eyes open. I have many theories and expectations about this movie, and I hope it doesn't disappoint me. It, it probably inevitably will. I think Raise the Clone 
Disappoint think, you in what way, though? In that it doesn't end satisfyingly or your dreams don't come true? That my like, dreams don't come true. That I will be wrong. I really yeah. like making Star Wars predictions. I, think I like to think I like to think of myself as Star Wars smart. And <laughs> a portion of it looks like they're fighting on Kamino. There's more than one Rey. She does look really... C- Again, she looks really CGI'd in that scene, so it might not even be Rey. I think she's a clone. And it just makes sense that she's a clone based on, like, once that trailer came out with, and we see her at the end with that lightsaber, my first thought was, she's a clone. And then sort of everything else fell into place. She was put on this planet. She doesn't know her family. She goes into that pit in The Last Jedi and sees all those versions of herself in that mirror thing. And I think it just all points to clone. Yeah, and Kylo's like, you know the truth. Your parents were no- literally, mm. they were nobody. Yeah, I... Don't know who she would be a clone of, like Palpatine or Luke or Vader. Leia. But it doesn't really matter, I don't think. But I think that she's a clone. I had, what was I going to say about, oh, I said the thing about Palpatine and the four sensitive children and, and all that stuff. I'm, also, my overall expectation is for it to be good. I mean, objectively, I think it looks like a good movie based on the trailers that I've. So I've seen the D23 footage, I've seen a teaser, and I've seen the what they called final trailer, which just meant that they were going to put out a gajillion clips on TV. But anyway, those are the three things I've seen. And from those three things, I think that this looks like a good movie. Where in the past, we've gotten trailers that have made it not look like a good movie or that made it look like a good movie and then they completely reshot everything (laughs) and then it was not a good movie. Yeah, so uh, you brought up a couple of points there. There's so much in the trailers, not just the TV spots, definitely the TV spots because there's a little bit, some more nuggets in the TV spots as well. But in the trailers, there's, there's a lot going on between there's stuff with the rebels and space battles and secret armies of stuff. And then there's the Jedi Sith side with Palpatine going on. There's obviously multiple storylines like every good Star Wars movie. So there's still other stuff than just your hopes and wants with Rey and Kylo and Palpatine and the Force stuff. I'm still hoping that the Rebel side will be like prominent and not just like an afterthought. Like have a little of everything, but a well-balanced version of everything, Mm -hmm. whereas Last Jedi had like the Canto Bite side story and then the mutiny side story with the Rebels, and those all did not tie well together. No, I agree. So that wasn't as satisfying. They sort of had a battle at the end, but that was also kind of a weak battle anyway against the weird... No, it was on salt. Remember that? Remember when they specifically point out? (laughs) Space salt. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Glad we know that it's salt. Right. Uh, Thanks for the geology lesson. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> those those plot lines didn't tie together. Agreed. So there is space stuff and there's stuff like Poe and Finn and Charlie from Lost. Yeah. Like yep. there's other stuff that's going to go on that's hopefully cool that we're literally not talking about, but that's in there. Well, I was going to say, horses. I was going to say we're not bringing up any of those care. Like because the fixation is That's a big part on, of the trailers. Yeah. But there's no real, there's nowhere to go with that. Like, okay, there's, my theory with that would be they're going to stage a resistance assault and I don't really know where the space horses come in, but there's all these star destroyers. So in that line of thinking, I go, okay, they're going to have a space battle. There are all these star destroyers. Oh, where did the star destroyer come from? Like, there's going to be a resistance fight with Poe and Finn and whoever else 
and that's that. Like that's the there's no surprise, there's no no twist. No real substance to that. I mean, it's very important to the thematics of the movie and what we're going to watch and what we're going to enjoy, but there's nothing like Palpatine, mysterious. Right. What? Yeah. A thousand stars. You're making star- me think like that's going to be an afterthought then. Like at least in Return of the Jedi. I don't think like, it's going to be an afterthought. Those, all those plots tie together. They got to get the shield generator down and yeah. they got to blow up the Death Star. Those two but there's, integral. But that's, that's, that's integral to the storyline and it was a big part of the movie. What that is-, is all going to happen. Right. And that's all going to be like the resistance is going to have a space fight and they're going to win. And it's like, <laughs> okay, but then over here we have Ray and evil Ray and is she a clone and Palpatine and what's going on with Kylo? They don't look like and they tie all in. And we're the star destroyers. I think they're going to tie in. But it's going to be the same. It's going to be like, well, they have to have this space battle well Vader and Luke are having it out in the throne room. You know, like they're Poe and uh Finn are going to have be having the space battle well Ray and Kylo are having it out in the throne room. There's a lot more to go through. There's a lot more to theorize with the force lore stuff than there is with the space battle stuff. I think that that Agreed. the space the resistance space battle stuff is all interesting. Space and battles be a are good pretty straightforward. And it'll look great. They're but I pull want off. to know about Ray and the dark side. There's no up of in the space. force. <laughs> Does Finn have the Force? The Force brought them together. It's not how the Force works. Okay, so you always bring up the diversion in trailers. Rogue One obviously was reshot, so it's kind of a different story. But they do put a lot of stuff in the trailers that doesn't exactly play out the same way. You develop a theory based on that. Sure. You know, and a a thought process based on what they sell you in the trailer. And you got to just put whatever in the trailer to get fannies in seats. Mm -hmm. But I wonder if there is a bit of that with the Palpatine dialogue. Because you don't see Palpatine. So if it's not his mouth on screen chattering. Yeah. So I wonder how much of that is maybe not diversion, but just hype. Yeah. You know? So who knows? Like the you know, coming together, like that could not be in there. Yeah. No, lots of this. And for example, when they come, a, when they crest that hill and they see the water and the fallen Death Star, yeah. like that might not even be, it would not be surprising to me if that's not a crash Death Star in the actual movie. If that's just a cover up and it's going along with my theory, like a Kaminoan cloning facility. That's that's sunk or broken or something. That's the kind of stuff they do, where they show something like that in the trailer as a misdirect and replace it in the actual movie just to get you, just to misdirect you. Anyway, who knows? We have no idea. A very fun thing for me is to speculate and theorize and all that stuff. It's what I do with everything. Not, I mean, it's what not only Star Wars, but I don't know how Lorelai feels about it. And maybe I should apologize, but I do it with all the things that we watch. I mean, if we're watching Veronica, if we're watching Veronica Mars, I'm trying to theorize or be sure. the detective and figure out where the show's going to go. You already said it. You want to be right. I do want to be right. But I do, my point is that I do with everything, not just Star Wars, but sure. I think it's a fun thing. It, it brings me joy to do. And so that's why I talk about it. I don't want to be right, but I do want to enjoy the ride. And that's hard. Because you do, like, even if you're like, no, I, I'm just going to go enjoy it. You're still going to, I tried that with The Mandalorian and it's it's tough. We're still complaining about stuff with The Mandalorian. It's still hard to be like, oh, I'm just thankful for Star Wars. I haven't thank- reached the- that, that level of uh, clarity yet. It's no longer November, but I, I feel like I want to say I am thankful for Star Wars. Is that how we should end the segment? I, I think so, I guess. It's pretty <laughs> cheesy, but... 
I am thankful. Because otherwise you watch the movie and you're like, I'm so mad. And you get bent out of shape over this crazy thing, which you look at this new shape I'm in now. Yeah. I know. I don't like it. I'm all (laughs) contorted. And before I was no point being you watch the movie, you overanalyze it. You just make yourself go crazy. You can't do that. You have to. It's an audio podcast. Robin. (laughs) Sorry. You have to go into it with minimal expectations. Take with it from you can and appreciate it from for what it is. Like you said, like just be thankful for it, even though that's so cheesy. But otherwise, you get ticked off for no reason. And so much work goes into it. So once you realize all the effort it took to actually make the thing that you hate, it kind of like negates your opinion because it's like, shut up at that point. That's what I've been saying this whole time. Shut up. And that's the podcast. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how you end it because there's no there's no cap. We just have to see it and we'll know in a couple of days and we'll do another podcast that's going to still be all star. In two weeks, three weeks. Oh, yeah. Who knows when? So, so this is a good segue. Yeah, I guess we should say we're going to see The Rise of Skywalker on December 19th. So let's when the movie's out, let's blast some opinions on Twitter. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter at Krypton Alderon, and we'll have a spoiler free review of The Rise of Skywalker. A spoiler-free, I mean, review. Using only emojis. (laughs) Yep. Uh, We'll try to do it, obviously, as broadly and spoiler-free as we can. And we'll also let everybody know when we're going to record when a new episode's going to be out. For all your Krypton to Alderaan updates, seek out Twitter. Yeah. I'm going to do the surprise question today. Woo! Wow, we're turning things around. So the surprise question today is going to be brief, okay? Is Rise of Skywalker going to be a good Star Wars film in the top percentiles of Star Wars films, mid-tier Star Wars films, or at the bottom of the barrel with the holiday special? (laughs) I'm going to go to Robin first. I think it's going to be in the middle because I still think I'm going to rank the original trilogy and Force Awakens in the top four. So unless somehow it can beat out one of those films, I'm it's probably going to be like number five. Fair. Joe? Um, I just have a couple of points to make on your... <laughs> oh <my> uh, <laughs> I'm going to die in here. <laughs> on your grading, Are you double parked? <laughs> on your grading rubric. <laughs> um, I think we should only go with canonical items in the holiday specials, not canon. <laughs> Are you positive? <laughs> uh, I think it's going to be in top tier. I, my expectations for it are top tier. I did that quick for me. Now now you hmm. go. I, I was still deciding. I want to say top tier because I think it has potential to kind of surprise you and, and lift the curtain on things that we might not have thought about beforehand in Star Wars and maybe retroactively makes some stuff cool. If they're going to do this retroactive Palpatine Band-Aid, maybe it makes everything work out. And- I, I think it'll graze, just barely graze the top five, but that's considering the prequels and The Last Jedi are... Not very high bars. Yeah, I think like you said, (laughs) I I might have to go mid-tier and mid-tier is a safe bet. But if I'm wrong, I will be happy to admit admit it. So we'll see you on Twitter. Yeah, who's ever wrong buys pizza. Fair enough. All right. You want to bring us home? So we said it a thousand times, but send us a tweet at Krypton Alderon and send us some email, Krypton to Alderon at gmail.com. Leave us a review wherever you get your podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Twitcher, Twilicker, and whatever <laughs> you got. Please. iTunes as well. 
That's the show. We hope you enjoyed this. I've been Joey. I've been Royce. I've been Robin. And we've been Krypton, Krypton to Alderaan. Alderaan.